0: Hello. How are you? How how are you really doing? You realize today is a very special day. And what you may not know is that when you elected Pastor Peter and Carrie Ann to be your pastors, you had 90 days to return them. And today, that's going to expire, which means they're in. And we're going to connect them to you not only constitutionally, but spiritually. That's what today is all about, that there would be a spiritual bond, a connection between your pastor and congregation in this community. Does that sound like a good idea? Amen. Let me just say before we get into the message today that I just sense faith in the room. And uh, I want to encourage you that if you've come here today, or maybe you're watching online, And you are trying to find hope. We're living in a world that is getting increasingly dark and hopeless. Let me tell you that if you found your way here or you're watching online, that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And that continue to seek him, to go after him. The Bible says if you, if you knock, if you seek, the door will be open to you and he will be found. And if you let him come into your life, he will come in and he'll begin to, he'll begin to um, redecorate your heart. Any wives here like to redecorate your home? I don't want to be sexist. Any husbands like to redecorate your home? I don't, so maybe that's. I'm just projecting. But my wife and I just bought a house. We're moving in November. And so uh, multiple times a day, I get the iPad or the iPhone put in my face. Hey, hon, look at this. Look at this. We could have that. Because she wants to redecorate uh, a new space. And that's what Jesus does. When he comes into our life, he, he, he loves you as you are, but he doesn't leave you the way that he found you. He cleans you up. And so if you've come or if you're watching and you're hopeless, keep pressing into Jesus. The other thing I would say is that if you're here and you're sick in your body or you need a miracle, maybe there's something going on with your family or, or your friend or in your own life, and, and you're just saying, I've come today to encounter the Lord. My wife and I, at the end of the service, after all the festivities, we're going to be here, and we would love to pray with you. We would love to lay our hands on you and pray and agree. Because I just sensed faith in the room. And I believe it's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to experience signs and wonders again. To experience the miracle working power of God. And so why not make room for that? So that's what we're going to do. Okay. You have your Bible. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And we have it on the screen for you in a moment. Um, and I, I believe I have Ephesians four eleven and on on the screen. So I'm just going to, I'm going to read it. I'm going to do a, a, a reading ahead of that. And then when we get to uh, 11 and 12 and 13, we'll read it together. Sound like a deal? You don't sound convinced. Sound like a deal? Yes. All right. I, I guess I should say that um, I'm Jason. This is my wife, Colleen, and my son, Liam. And uh, I used to pasture in Ajax for about 17 years. And just over almost seven years ago, this February, we left that church and became uh, a district leader where I was the assistant to the superintendent and just helping churches like yours. And then uh, just over a year ago, I was elected to become the district superintendent. And um, most of you probably don't know me because I was working behind the scenes with your deacons and with some of the staff But um, when Pastor Werner passed away, I I began to come in and work with Pastor Connie and the deacons, and we worked for probably nine, ten months in the pastoral transition. Pastor Robert and Carolyn Norcross, they send you their greetings today. They love you. They're praying for you, and they're excited for you and what God is doing, where the Lord's taking you. And then Pastor Tom and Kathy Quinn, they bring you their greetings as well. You guys enjoy the ministry of these two couples over that 10, 11-year span. Amen. They really loved you as well and uh, were blessed to come. And so I wasn't able to be here during the election because I was in Israel during that time. i will speak about that in a moment, but was so pleased to get the news that, uh, that it seemed good to Holy Spirit and to us that Peter and Carrie Ann would be your next lead pastor. So what a joy to be here today with you to kind of bring these things together. And the title of the message today is very simple. It's Receive the Gift. Receive the gift. Now, it it sounds simple, but it's amazing to me how difficult we make this. And we need to have a proper understanding of the relationship between a pastor and a church. And so it really is a gift that God has given to you. But the admonition to you as the congregation is you need to learn how to receive that gift. So here we go. So Ephesians 4 It says, now to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives away and gave gifts to men. What does that mean? It means when Jesus died on the cross, um, what is it? In Colossians 2, it says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him through his cross. That means that when Jesus died on the cross, he won a great victory. Oh, come on. When Jesus died on the cross, it was like, you know, Hulk Hogan, when he did the big leg drop, and then picked up the leg and won! Two, three, and then the place erupts because death has been defeated. Sin is no more. It no more has a hold on us through the power of Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to be afraid of it anymore. All of those things have been conquered by Jesus Christ. And that verse, when He ascended on high, He led captives away and gave gifts to men, actually comes from the Psalms. Paul is quoting the Psalms here, and, and, and the context of this is war. That when a war is won, that you divide the spoils, and you give out the spoils of war, right? All the plunder. And so when Jesus plundered hell, he gave gifts away to his people. And so some of the gifts are what we're going to talk about right here. Uh, verse 11, and we can go to the screen. So, and that same Christ gave these gifts to people. He made some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to go and tell, those are evangelists, Uh, and some to care for and teach God's people. So pastors and teachers. Christ gave these gifts to prepare God's holy people for the work of serving to make the body of Christ stronger. Let's keep going. Uh, This work must continue until we are all joined together in what we believe and in what we know about the Son of God, our goal, here it is, is to become like a full-grown man, a mature person, to look just like Christ and have all of His perfection. Father, we pause right now and we pray. And I pray, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. And give us a heart to receive that which you want to minister to us today. That your church would be built up, strengthened, and encouraged. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. So, So, this, this text simply means that when Jesus won a great victory, he shared the spoils of war with us. He gave gifts to the church. And the gifts that he gave to the church were actually his own ministry. When Jesus was on the earth and when he ministered, he, he acted like an apostle. apostle is a sent one that goes and establishes a work of ministry and helps to govern the church. That's an apostle. Jesus did that. Jesus was a prophet. He spoke prophetically. That was part of his ministry. Jesus was an evangelist. He went and he shared the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus is known as the good shepherd. He's a pastor and he he knew how to pastor his people. And Jesus is the teacher, right? He, He taught the people the word of God. So in all of these things, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor and teacher, this is the ministry of Jesus. And when he ascended up to heaven, he gave the gift of Holy Spirit to us that Holy Spirit would now empower us to do the work of the ministry. So there are spiritual gifts that God has given to the church. There's all kinds of them. I haven't got time to, to talk about all of them, but they're for all of us. They're not just for the people on stage. They're for the body of Christ. But there are specific gifts that God gave to the church For the purpose of seeing the church strengthened, made well, brought to maturity. And one of those gifts is the gift of a pastor. And we're celebrating that gift today, that God loves you so much that He would give you a gift of a pastor. Do you understand that? Do you see that? Do you have that revelation? That God loves you so much that He's given you a pastor. It's not something that, that you have to suffer under. But rather, it's a choice gift that God gives to the church. He's given you a shepherd. So what is a shepherd? Jesus said in John ten eleven. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And the hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. In other words, a bad shepherd, a bad pastor, is one who who acts like a hired hand, who really doesn't care about the sheep, but just cares about themselves. Jesus said, the good shepherd is the one who cares about the sheep, cares about the people, who willingly lays down their life for others. Psalm 23 talks about the fact that the Lord is our shepherd, right? Right? We shall not be in want. And then it describes all of the things that Jesus does for us to care for us in our needs. It's interesting, back in Jeremiah chapter 3, people were complaining to God because of the lack of leadership. And this is what God said in Jeremiah 3.15. It said, God called His people to repentance with the promises of His graciousness. And He said that if they responded, He gave a promise then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you uh, knowledge and understanding. God is saying here, listen, if you want me, if you want the work of God in your midst, if you really hunger and desire God in your midst, and you turn and you repent and you return to me, God says, I'm going to give you a good shepherd. I'm going to give you good leaders those that teach you knowledge and understanding and help raise you up. That's what shepherds do. So Pastor Peter's been called to be an under-shepherd of Jesus, to guide and to protect you. Jesus is the head of the church, but he gives these gifts and these under-shepherds to lead you and, uh, and to guide you. You know, when I was in Israel, in fact, I, th- I thought about this. The day that you had your election, was the day that, uh, in Israel, I got to climb the Mount of Transfiguration. Not a bad day, right? You know, I called home, hey, what'd you do today? I climbed the Mount of Transfiguration, thank you very much. You know, it was a good day. So if you don't know, the, the Mount of Transfiguration is where Jesus was transfigured, and a couple of the disciples saw him in his glorified state, quite a place. And so, we didn't see him there that day, but... We, we climbed the mountain, and while we were climbing the mountain, uh, it's dead quiet, and you know, you turn and you look over and you see Nazareth, and it's a beautiful sight to behold, and, but it's quiet. And as we were climbing, we heard this noise and the rustling of the trees and stuff, and it looked like a monster was coming towards us. Like we couldn't see what was coming, but we could see all the trees moving, and we could hear all this noise and bustling. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, a flock of sheep just appeared right on the side of a mountain. It was wild. So here we were in Israel, you know, all the imagery of sheep and shepherds, and we saw actual flock of sheep. It was great. I thought it was great. Clearly didn't impress you, but I thought it was great. And, um, and so, you know, they were curious. Like, sheep aren't, all, aren't the smartest animal, right? Uh, it kind of makes you wonder why of all the animals for Jesus to recognize us as, uh, he chose sheep. Sheep can be stubborn. Sheep can wander. Sheep need a lot of help. And these sheep saw us and they heard us talking and they were coming right towards us. And then the shepherd appeared and he had this big long staff and he was barking at them and yelling at them and hitting them with the back and grabbing them and keeping them away from us and whatnot. And when I saw that, you know, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. Jesus is the good shepherd. And the Bible says that he said, my sheep know my voice. In other words, all the shepherd had today, all hey, guys, over this way. Come over here. Come over here. And they would have come because they knew his voice. didn't have to hit them over the head. In the same way, that's how God calls us to be a shepherd, is to lay down your life for the sheep and lead them, but to do it with gentleness and to do it with grace and truth and to guide them spiritually, and that's the picture that God calls us. So Pastor Peter and Pastor Carrie Ann have been called as under-shepherds of Jesus to bring you to a place of maturity as Christians, as followers of Christ. What does that mean? It means that you'll be able to disciple other people. So we know that we come to maturity physically when we come to a place of being able to reproduce, right? That's the scientific definition of maturity. Spiritually, it's the same thing. When you're able to reproduce yourself to disciple others, you've grown up to a place of maturity in the Lord. And part of the pastor's job is to teach you and to grow you and disciple you to know how to do that. That you would know the Scriptures. You would be active in your faith. Can I just tell you, we have too many passive Christians that come to church but are not part of the church. Some of you are afraid to say amen because maybe you're sitting next to one of those people. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) It's okay. I used to be one of those people. God will get you. But the point is, if you're here and you're part of the body of Christ, all of us are called to be engaged in the work. We're all part of the body, and there's no part of my body that's not inactive. All of it is doing something. So in the same way, it's to become active in your faith. And then lastly, that you would become full of love. we got enough Christians and believers out there and on social media and online that are lacking in love. they got all this truth, all this knowledge. They're all puffed up, but they don't love. they got no mercy. They have no grace. And the Lord would teach us to be like Him. Jesus was rejected, he was beaten, he was bruised, and the only thing that came out of him was love and truth. When they wanted to stone the, the woman that was caught in adultery, and by the way, I was, I was wondered, what about the guys? Adultery is, takes two to tango, but the only one after the woman, go figure. And what did Jesus say? I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. That's our Lord. Grace and truth. That's how God loves us, and that's how a pastor loves us. Okay, so that's what a pastor is, but the whole point of today is to talk to you about how to receive that gift. So, how do you receive the gift? If I were to, and and I literally thought, Pastor Peter, I I, I was this close, I was going to bring a big bow and put it on you today. (laughs) I was that close, but I'm still getting to know the people, I didn't know how they would take that, so... um, So, how do you receive a gift? If I came here and I had a big bow and a box and I said, This is a gift for you, how do you receive it? What's usually the first thing you do? Say it louder. you. You say thank you. Are you getting edified today? You came to church, you learned how to receive a gift. But isn't it true? You say thank you for the gift. Now, that sounds very simple, but this goes over the heads of so many Christian people. Let me tell you something. Again, theologically, Pastor Peter and Carrie Ann are a gift from the Lord to you as a congregation. But I'm not saying they're perfect. Don't hear that, right? Because no one is. But what I'm saying to you is the Lord says, okay, warden, full gospel assembly, you need a pastor. Here's a gift to you. They're going to lay down their lives for you and serve you. That's a gift. And so you need to understand that so that you know how to receive them that way. So you say thank you. So what you do is you thank the Lord. And you pray for them. I've had some people pray for me. Oh, God, would you straighten that man out? Lord, would you fix that guy? Oh, Lord, would you have mercy on his soul? Oh, Father, right? (laughs) You know what changed me as a pastor? I found myself, uh, after many years pastoring, where I became dry, I became empty, I didn't have a lot in the tank. You know what changed that? One day I came to the church building on a Tuesday morning, and there was a ladies group that always met Tuesday morning, and they would meet in the sanctuary and pray and whatnot. And one day I got there, and there were a number of cars. And when I walked in the door, and I walked around the office where I, I saw the sanctuary door, I could hear them. And I heard my name. So you're walking by, and Jason, I thought, they're praying for me. So I thought, I wonder what, and my mind, my carnal, hurt, wounded self mindset. I wonder what they're praying. Fix him, Lord, you know. But you know what I heard? Oh, Father, thank you for our pastor. Oh, God, would you strengthen him. Oh, God, would you lift him up. Oh, God, that he would know your voice. Oh, God, he's going. He's working hard. Lord, strengthen him. Lord, let your hand be upon him. Lord, protect him. Lord, bless his family. And they they were calling down heaven for me. (laughs) That did something to me. And I literally walked into my office, closed the door, and got on my knees, and I began to pray for the church in a way that I hadn't done in a long time. How do you receive a gift? You say, thank you. And you pray. And when you pray for your pastor, you start off by saying, Lord, thank you for my pastor. And then you intercede for them. That's one way you say thank you. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 14 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Verse 13 says, Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Can I hear an amen? Hebrews 13 and verse 17 says uh, listen to your leaders and uh, admonish them because they watch over you and they have to give an account over you. So come under their leadership. Galatians 6 verse 6 it says share all good things with those who teach and admonish you. You know years ago when when there were you know people were farmers and whatever they'd come to church and they'd bring eggs right they'd bring chickens they would because of that principle share the good thing that you have with those that teach you and so that's that's part of the way that you say thank you is you just care back for the one who provides care for you and i'll just say this to you before i move on jesus can give you the best gift in the world But if you don't receive it, and if you don't open it, the gift will have no benefit to you. Did you catch that? If you don't open the gift and receive it, the gift will have no benefit to you. That's really what I felt in my spirit, to really minister clearly to you. If you don't have the ability to receive from Jesus the gift of a pastor, doesn't matter what they preach, doesn't matter what they do, they'll always never be good enough, and you'll always find some kind of fault. But when you recognize they're a gift to you, you'll just walk in a, in a new measure of grace. And when they preach and when they teach, you'll receive things from them. You just will. I've heard a lot of sermons as I travel around. I I grew up in one particular church. I ministered in one church for 17 years. And then the last six and a half years, we've now traveled to 107 churches. So in 107 churches, I've heard some sermons where it came pretty close before I walked out not receiving anything from the Lord. came pretty close. But when I come understanding that the Lord has something to say to me, he always does. So when you receive with the right posture, God will speak to you. You know, my mother, I pray to God she does not watch this message online. She checks up on me every now and then just to see what stories I'm telling. But my mother, she, uh, is, she's a wonderful lady. And she's hardworking, hospitality, 100%, all of those things. But she's what we would say is, is directionally challenged. Do you know anyone like that? You know, or God bless them, like you say, go that way and within three steps they're lost, right? That is my mother. And so the obvious gift for my mother is a GPS. Obvious. But I, I, I've thought about it, we've talked about it with my mom, and, and, and she just refuses. Even now, GPS on your phone could not be easier. Hey, Siri, uh, give me the directions to this address. That's all she has to do. She won't do it. No, it's too hard. I can't do it. It's too confusing. Right? And so here's the point. I could go and I could spend the most money on the biggest state-of-the-art GPS. That's the gift that she needs. But if she does not use it, it's of no benefit to her. And in the same way, if you don't learn how to receive the gift of a pastor you won't receive the benefit of what Jesus is intending you to have as an, as an under-shepherd. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now, the reason why I dress like this today, I'm usually not this formal, is because today I came for a wedding. Now, can we have the next picture there after the scriptures? I think there's a, a wedding slide. There we go. So today I came for a wedding. Now, Pastor Peter, I'm not going to ask you to kiss your bride, um, but... The, The the connection between a pastor and a church is very much like a marriage. This is what a lot of people don't understand, is that Pastor Peter is not just a hireling. He's not just an employee. He's actually been called to be like a husband to you, right? So think about a marriage, In Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about husbands and wives. And it says, husbands and wives, submit to one another out of your reverence for Jesus Christ. There's a mutual submission that happens between a man and a woman in marriage. Someone nods, someone like something. Am am I telling the truth or yeah? Right? Do I have to read Ephesians 5 to prove this to you? Okay, so a, a man and a woman, when they come together... There's a mutual submission that happens. So think of it like a circle, right? It, 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 there's a mutual submission. So, the husband, what God asks of men as a husband is to lay down their life, to say, Your needs, your wants, your preferences, lay them down to care for your wife. She is now your top priority. I thought I'd get an amen from the ladies. Something. Preach, Pastor, preach. You're like, I I came on the right one today. (laughs) Woo! Okay. So this is how it works. This is how mutual submission, it's not dominance. A lot of people think the Bible's archaic and it's dominant and men over, no. They missed the top verse where it says mutual submission. There's a mutual submission under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so the husband submits himself by saying, Lord, out of love for you, I'm going to lay down myself to care and protect my wife. Her needs are now going to be my needs. Okay. Then the wife, what she does is she says, Lord, out of submission to you, I'm going to come under the leadership of my husband. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to strengthen him because I know that he has my needs his, and his top interest." Now, that's the ideal. Doesn't always happen, right? Now, for the love of God, don't raise your hand and agree with me. But we know, because of sin, because of flesh and our worldliness, that ideal of mutual submission doesn't always happen. But it's, it's there for us and available to us through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, who knows how to change our hearts and to make us like him it's the same in the church God's given you a pastor and that pastor is called to lay down their life to say it's not about my preferences, my needs I'm going to serve you and then what you do back to the pastor is you say we're going to come under your leadership we're going to support you we're going to encourage you and we're going to walk together in mutual submission to Jesus Christ isn't that awesome? So, it doesn't always happen perfectly. In fact, a few years ago, when I was doing what we're about to do now in a, in a moment, uh, I came to a church that had a lot of strife. And when the pastor had left, uh, there was just a lot of animosity between the pastor to the church and the church to the pastor. And I, I could tell that there was a woundedness in the congregation. And so we just took some time over the transition to begin to minister. And when we came to this moment of the induction, when we're going to do right now, I just sensed that it was a moment before the Lord to really establish a covenant healthy before the Lord. of, of, Of making vows to Him. And saying, we're going to love one another. We're going to honor one another. And this is how we're going to do it. Now, I don't know your history. I don't know you very well. And I don't share that story because I sense you have that here. I just share all this with you to give you spiritual eyes to see today. That this is more than a formality. This is more than some kind of PAOC religious ceremony. This is a spiritual moment between your pastor and this congregation before the Lord. Do you see that? Really? Do you see it? Okay. So what I'm going to ask is for Pastor Peter and Carrie Ann. Would you come up and just join me here? and. Um